Hello, my name is Andrew Bridgeland, State Manager for MetLife in South Australia. It's my pleasure to welcome today to the MetLife Advisor podcast series, Michael Smith. Michael is a Senior Advisor and Managing Partner with Halpin Wealth Advisors. Michael is married to Tanya and has four beautiful children to keep him busy. Welcome, Michael, to today's podcast. Michael, tell us about the path you've taken to now be a Managing Partner at Halpin Wealth. I guess, like most people, um, started the journey um, in the power planning role and then um, moved through the ranks um, midstream. I think I spent a little bit of time um, out of uh, the uh, the direct advice space, um, uh, but then moved back into it uh, in about 2005, again, um, uh, where I started the business, um, which uh, ultimately was merged into Alpen. Um, some three and a half years ago. So just tell us a bit about Halpin Wealth and how it's structured. So Halpin Wealth has um, a number of advisors who predominantly are partners in the business, and we've done that for a number of reasons. But, um, yeah, we've we've got a, a full suite of um, support personnel that uh, sit behind the, the advisors and, and make their, uh, their lives uh, a little bit easier and ultimately um, packaged up to give our, our clients a, hopefully a good experience. Okay, so in total, how many advisors could you have? We've got nine advisors and there's um, 26 full-time people. Can you tell me a bit about your typical client, you know, and their, their, their typical profile, I guess, of your clients? Yeah, I'm not sure that we can coin it typical. There's, um, there's a range and we've, the good thing about having um, nine advisors is that we can generally marry up client with the right advisor. So, you know, we've got everything from young um Clients, seeing the younger advisors all the way up through to uh, through to retirees, um, seeing um, the advisors that predominantly look after the, uh, the retiree market, and then everything in between. Obviously, there's a we've got a, a fair portion of those clients in the medical space and the small business space as well. What would you, if you to, to list two or three things, I guess, what would you consider to be the key? Uh, attributes contributing to health and success? Oh, goodness. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time um, reinventing and reassessing, um, checking processes, procedures, um, obviously the, the work, workflow threads. So um, I, I don't think there's a, a week that goes by where we're not challenging ourselves. So uh, I guess if you, uh, if you keep doing that, you're constantly assessing um, your position and getting feedback, um, which um, hopefully... Uh, Provides a better outcome for clients. Okay, and is there any particular method for getting that feedback? Do you run client surveys or anything like that? Yeah, so we've we've run client surveys in the past, but we're also we have no issue asking clients. And of course, um, key to all this is making sure that the the team uh, is is happy and getting feedback from the team. I mean, our biggest attribute is obviously the team that sits uh, around us. So we uh, spend a fair bit of time getting feedback from them and working that into. Uh, changes that are required. What, what have you had to do and what's changed through COVID-19 and, and how are you engaging consistently with the team and keeping them morale up? Well, the first thing we did was make sure that they understood that despite the fact that everyone says events like this are unique, they haven't happened before and it's different this time and we've heard all these cliches before, reality is that it's just part of change. It's how we deal to that change and, and survive and, and reinvent. So uh, the first thing we did was sat with the team and told them that, uh, you know, we're okay with this, we'll, we'll deal with it. It will mean that 
we'll need to go back and perhaps revisit what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. But that's that's what we do. And, uh, and they had to uh, make the decision to work at home, of course. Uh, some have managed well and others have found it a bit more of a challenge. So we're, we're trying to keep around the ones that have found it challenging. Look, ultimately, uh, the team's worked worked really well. We've kept them well engaged. We, uh, we've also made use of um, a lot of Zoom team meetings. Um, we've uh, we've tried to uh, collect them all on a Friday afternoon and a bit of a, uh, a social uh, interaction as well. So, yeah, they've done really well. I'm very happy with the way it's um, played out. So those that did struggle, what sort of things are they struggling with, do you think, or, or and what did, what did you specifically do to help them overcome that? Yeah, look, I think not everyone works well our social interaction so it was a matter of identifying who does does that well and who doesn't and, and just spending perhaps a little bit more time circling around the ones that um, required a bit more interaction you know that's that's natural what are some of the hurdles either yourself or or particularly the business as a whole had to face i guess over the last few years um and, and that you've overcome to to be the business that you are today well i think if you if you don't expect change then you're going to be in a bad place because what we do know is that change is, is constant and we've got to keep reinventing stuff and got a, an opportunity uh, when we, we're presented with the, the change. Yes, from a business perspective, we've had to think about how we meet with our clients um, to be able to do it face-to-face. So we've we've done that relatively well with the use of phone and um, other internet-based meetings and uh, it's it's gone pretty well. So I'm not uh, sitting here professing to know all about the uh, best way forward, but you know, we're certainly discussing it on a regular basis. And at this stage, um, the, the offer to uh, continue to see clients as we have been over the last month or so is uh, going to continue for the short term and we'll keep reassessing that. And uh, as we've got more information and we, we can uh, get closer to people again, we'll, we'll attempt to do that. But I guess going forward, one of the things that we can expect is that perhaps people uh, will embrace this uh, remote meeting um, concept and there'll be some that'll, that'll say, well, actually, you know, rather than coming in, I'll continue to Zoom and uh, Teams, um, Microsoft Teams meetings. So, uh, yeah, we, we obviously, that's part of this uh, change process. Get some uh, positives out of the negatives and, and uh, implement some of those going forward. What about new clients through COVID-19 that um, you've been uh, given the opportunity to, to provide some advice for new clients, um, but engaging them from day one? How have you seen that play out for you? Is it, is it, has it created... Uh, Difficulties in, in forming those relationships, or, or do you think that hasn't um, hasn't uh, really had that effect? No, it hasn't had um, a great effect. I mean, we've had similar referrals to the business, so in other words, similar new business coming in as what we had um, prior, um, and we've dealt with the the clients in the same same way we we had before in terms of our processes. The only inclusion is that rather than sitting with them face-to-face, it's it's been by a Zoom meeting or, or similar. You know, it's harder to not be in the room with the client, but oh, it is what it is and you've just got to deal to it. But, you know, if you don't let it become an impediment, then uh, just move on and with it. And if you had your time again, looking back now over the last two or, or, or few months, is there anything you would do differently or you're, you're happy with the way you've um, reacted to the the pandemic and and uh, uh, what you've done for your staff and for your clients. Well, that's a good question because uh, late last year we we sat around and asked asked ourselves what what was next, and we're sitting on the back of over a decade of pretty solid returns. And um, when the markets were sitting where they were, you kind of naturally, as an advisor, expected that there would be some adjustment, correction, whatever you want to call it. And I guess 
COVID-19 hadn't come along and changed the way we started 2000, sorry, yeah, yeah, 2020, um, we would we would probably have had something else, uh, maybe not to the same level, but, you know, there would have, something else would have reared its head and I'm not going to suggest what, but obviously there was a number of things bubbling away that we were, as advisors, perhaps starting to get a little bit concerned with, but ultimately uh, it was COVID and the discussions we were having late last year and certainly... Uh, surrounding the, the decade of good returns, we, we did start modifying our um, investment philosophies to uh, take into account yeah, the asset obligation on, on clients' portfolios. A lot of those changes were implemented just in the right time. Is there any advice that you give to your advice colleagues in dealing with the cha- challenges of COVID-19? Um, or anything um, that you could suggest that, that they could look at doing um, to uh, make their interactions with staff or, or clients better for them. Oh, look, I'm not. I can't profess to be uh, a specialist in that in that field. But I, as I said before, I think it's a matter of uh, continuing to reassess your processes and your procedures and the interactions you have with clients and your own team. If you're constantly circling around those um, issues and items, then I guess uh, you're going to be well poised to adapt to change. I think. Uh, the advice I would give anyone in business is keep keep watching out. You know, keep keep evolve, evolving, keep change close. Um, as I said there earlier, I think there'll be a lot of opportunity that'll come from this. The population still, despite the uh, the, the recent reduction, uh, the population is is still pr- pretty uh, solid in terms of demand, and those demands need to be met. Um, they may not be met through our traditional means post-COVID, but they'll, they'll still be there. It'll be just a matter of where they shift to and it's a matter of making sure as a business that can uh, be there to uh, work with that shift and find uh, our ways and means which to uh, help clients through that. So uh, it's a matter of uh, reassessing and, and keeping abreast of what's going on. Is there any advice you'd give to product providers? Yeah, I think uh, to be fair, some of the product providers have probably been somewhat asleep at the wheel and others have been quite active. I mean, uh, as I said, we're, we're uh, sitting in sunny Adelaide making the decision that uh, there'll, there'll be a wave uh, at some point. We don't know what the wave's going to look like, but it'll come. And that was a decision that we sort of, uh, as I said, talked to late last year. And then, of course, uh, COVID was the wave and it came and it crashed in a big way. And we were um, expecting change. Uh, whereas I think there was a lot of people that are still focused on the fallout of the Royal Commission and, and perhaps uh, not as nimble uh, for obvious reasons. But ultimately, I think uh, some people have been a bit slow to assist the old the, the end users, um, the, the customers, the clients, whatever you want to call them. But ultimately, yeah, I think there's been a few that have been really slow to move and others that have been pretty nimble. But um, one thing we, we all are pretty confident in our business is that the way we interact with clients is probably going to be a little bit different to the way we, we're used to and therefore feel that some of the product providers are going to have to move into that uh, paradigm as well because uh, some of them aren't well positioned to deal with um, you know, electronic signatures and, and uh, deal to um, electronic means in other ways. So, yeah, I think there'll be some uh, some, some required changes. Tell us where uh, you can see uh, or where you're focusing, I guess, your attention for your business over the next sort of 30, 60, 90 days. What, what's your main focus uh, going forward? Well, from a business perspective, we've got a number of stages mapped out in terms of how we integrate the business back to business as usual. 
in terms of you know having a full team present. Um, so we'll be implementing those on the basis of advice from you know, the government officials and so forth. Um, it's in terms of the way we uh, interact with our clients during that phase, um, it'll be obviously pretty transparent. We'd like to think that um, we can inform them pretty quickly um, post making any stage or procedural change and then um, I guess it'll be a matter of making sure that we uh, reach out to the ones that uh, we think are going to be impacted in the certain um, sectors. Um, so clearly there'll be certain sectors that'll be hit harder than others. We'll focus on the ones that we we expect to be in a, in a bit of pain and then we'll work that work out the greater client group as well. But yeah, ultimately there's clearly going to be some people that'll be uh, impacted severely by what's uh, transpired over the last couple of months. Thanks, Michael, for that. Well, that brings our podcast to a close today. You shared some valuable insights in a number of areas and especially looking at ways to consistently challenge yourself and your staff to seek opportunities for improvement across all aspects of your business and how this helps you to continually grow. Michael, thanks again for your time today. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks. You've been listening to the MetLife Podcast. To find out how you can partner with us, please visit metlife.com.au. This podcast has been prepared by MetLife Insurance Limited and intended for advisor and internal use only and should not be provided to clients or attributed to MetLife in any advice provided. This material is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation or needs. Any general information contained within or given during this podcast is not intended to be investment or financial advice, nor a recommendation to invest in a financial product or undertake any particular strategy or course. In accessing this podcast, you agree to MetLife's podcast disclaimer terms found at metlife.com.au.